Praises be to our loving Father that we are again gathered together in this assembly to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Yesterday, we honored our King Yahushua, expressing our love for Father and His Son, and continuing to observe the Passover celebration and to commemorate the death and suffering of our King Yahushua when we drank from the cup and eat from the one piece of bread. And so we are truly recipients of the blessings of Abba, and we are filled with gladness and joy because we know we were able to fulfill the Moedim, we were able to observe the feast and proclaim by faith the new covenant that our King Yahushua has purchased for us. We know that long ago on the cross, our King paid for our sins by means of his redeemed blood. We were redeemed of our sins and are now recipients of salvation. And so the penalty of sin was accounted for. However, we know because we still live in this physical body, we still have the sinful nature called the flesh. We are still governed by some of our basic instincts, which sometimes causes us to commit sin. And so the purpose of the Feast of Unleavened Bread is to learn the process of sanctification to prepare us for the great day of, glor of the glorious liberty of our physical bodies to receive the glorious body of resurrection which is represented, of course, by the Feast of First Fruits. So we are kind of like in the middle of our celebration, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, what is the Feast of Unleavened Bread all about? Why do we observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Let's begin our studies in the book of Exodus 12, 17. This is what it says. Please listen. So you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For on this same day, I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your house. Since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings, you shall eat on leavened bread. Now, why do we observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread? The Bible tells us it is to be observed throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. We know the Feast is the Moedim, an appointed time for Yahushua to accomplish something for the purpose of the work of redemption and restoration. We know Yahushua accomplished the Feast of Unleavened Bread when he was buried for three days and three nights. However, there's also something that we need to understand about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It is to be for an everlasting ordinance. In other words, we need to also memorialize what Yahuwah did because it is in connection with our faith and our salvation. What is to be memorialized with the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Bible teaches us that this was given so that what can be memorialized is the work of Yahuwah in liberating the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Because we know in Egypt, they became slaves and they were set free so that Yahuwah can begin with Israel. And from there, come forth the son of David, who is 
the Messiah. And so this is connected to our faith, connected to the work of salvation. And so we need to memorialize what Yahuwah did because it, are, it is also in connection with our hope for salvation. And so what was instructed to the people of Israel when they were to observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Bible says for seven days, they are not to eat leaven. In other words, they were to abstain from foods that had leaven. When we think of leaven, it is often found in bread and bread products. And so during the days of the ancient Israelites, during the festival of unleavened bread, they were only allowed to eat unleavened bread. Leaven products was something they had to abstain from. Now, what you might be thinking, well, what's the connection between leavened bread and memorializing the work of Yahuwah when he set free his people from Egypt? Let's read the book of Exodus 12, 39 to 41. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough, which they had brought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened, because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years and came to pass at the end of the 430 years. On that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of Yahuwah went out from the land of Egypt. What is the connection between leaven and Yahuwah's command to observe the feast of unleavened bread. Well, this explains to us Yahuwah's command, why he tells his people, Yasharal, not to eat leavened products or leavened food when they observe the feast of unleavened bread. What is that purpose? That they can be reminded of what they had to go through when they finally were set free from Egypt, because when they were running away from the Egyptian army, they did not have time to bake goods with leaven because for you to have a leavened product or a leavened baked good you have to wait for the leaven to cause the flour to what rise how long does it take to do that maybe a couple of hours couple of minutes i don't really know but it takes some time and time was something they did not have the luxury of because they had to flee egypt to go to the place where yahuwah wants them to go. And so the purpose of eating unleavened bread is so that they can be reminded that when Yahuwah set them free from Egypt, they were to do so in great haste. 430 years, they were slaves. And in just a short time, not even enough time to cause leaven to be puffed up, they would be set free from the mighty Egyptians. And so this is what our father Yahuwah wants us to remember. It doesn't matter what we are enslaved with. Yahuwah can deliver us in a swift way. He can set us free from whatever it is that is imprisoning us. And so for seven days, we are to observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread by abstaining from leaven. So that's the physical command, abstaining from leaven. And so this seven days, brothers and sisters, we are not to eat any food that has leaven in it. 
that is the letter of the law. Now, it's possible that we are able to observe and comply to the commandment, abstain from leaven. However, it's also possible that even when we do that, we fail to fulfill the spirit of the law. Because remember, in the commands of Yahuwah, there's the letter of the law, there's the spirit of the law. It's good that we fulfill the letter of the law, but we need to also keep in mind there's a spiritual aspect, a spiritual purpose for why we are commanded to abstain from leaven. We need to fulfill that as well. It's like fasting, right? Remember, when people fast, there's different reasons for why people fast. There are people who fast for medical reasons because maybe they want to overcome diabetes. And there are people who fast because they want to lose weight. But there are also people who fast because they want to become spiritually mature. And so a person can fulfill the fasting command or the fasting procedures, but only when we do it with a spiritual purpose do we say that we fasted to get closer to Yahuwah. This is why when a person decides to fast because he wants to grow spiritually, every time he has the craving of food, what does he do instead of giving in to eating that food? He is to be fed and nourished by the words of Yahuwah. And so that's the purpose of spiritual fasting. The cravings of the flesh, we, not yet, the cravings of the flesh is what we replace the cravings of the flesh with the nourishment that comes from the word of God. That's spiritual fasting, okay? And so when it comes to removing leaven, how can we say that we are able to fulfill the spiritual purpose of not eating leaven? Well, the next slide, we need to understand first the spiritual meaning of removing leaven. I mean, right off the bat, when we think of leaven, when you add leaven to flour or to something, what happens? What is leaven anyways? It's an agent that causes things to be puffed up, right? It causes things to rise up. This is why when you bake bread without leaven, it's kind of flat, like what we had yesterday, flat bread. But if you add leaven, it becomes puffed up. It becomes a loaf of bread. And so leaven, when you think about leaven, it is something that causes things to rise up. And so spiritually speaking, leaven at its fundamental level, spiritually speaking, leaven represents what? Pride, right? Leaven represents one's pride. This is why when it comes to spiritual growth, one of the things that we need to remove is pride because pride is associated with so much sin. Did you know that? This is why when we think of the anti-Mashiach, when we think of the ultimate enemy or adversary of Yahuwah, we think of Satan, right? How did Satan become Satan in the first place? Was it not because of pride? You see, pride rears its ugly head and it's found in so much sin. And so we need to remove leaven. We need to remove pride in our life. Well, what leaven? What are the different kinds of leaven? 
that we must remove from our life. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. In the book of Corinthians 5, 7 down to 8, therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness. According to Apostle Paul, what is one kind of leaven that we need to remove from our midst? It is the leaven of malice and wickedness. After we partake of the Passover, the Bible says, Apostle Paul says, we need to now remove the leaven of malice and wickedness. You see, when our King Yahushua died for us, which is what we celebrated, which is what we observed yesterday, when we partook of the bread and drank from the cup, we honored our King Yahushua because he died for us so that our sins might be forgiven. But the question is, after Yahushua paid for the penalty of our sins, does it mean we now have the license to commit sin? What is your answer? Do we say to ourselves, oh, Yahushua paid for my sins. Therefore, I'm now free to do whatever I want. Apostle Paul says, no. Yes, Apostle Paul says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us that our sins might be forgiven. However, it doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want. Bible tells us we need to keep, we, we must keep the feast, but not with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Now, what is that? The leaven of malice and wickedness. When you think of malice, what comes to your mind? It's when you think of doing something bad against a fellow human being. You see, sin destroys. I think we know that by now. Sin destroys our life. Not only that, sin destroys the people around us. That's what malice is all about. Apostle Paul tells us there is what is called the leaven of malice and wickedness. This is when sin not only affects us as individuals, it also affects other people around us. What's an example of the leaven of malice and wickedness? Let's read Corinthians 5, 11 to 13. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named the brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Apostle Paul gives us an example of the leaven of malice and wickedness. And that is when a person lives a life of sin that affects not only himself, but it affects other people as well. You see, sometimes when we commit sin, there's a personal kind of sin that affects only us for the most part. But there are sins that when committed, it destroys the lives of other people as well. Do you agree? What are examples of this? When a person is sexually immoral, when a person will take advantage of another person because of their covetousness. A person who is a reviler or a drunkard 
or an extortioner. Their sins are against themselves, but their sins also affect other people in a negative, malicious way. What is that called? The leaven of malice and wickedness. And so what was the instruction of the Apostle Paul? To the congregation there in Corinth, he says, if there are people who are engaged in sins, in the leaven of malice and wickedness, what are we supposed to do? Bible says, put away from yourselves the evil person. Do not tolerate that wickedness. Why? Because it could spread. It could affect the other members of the assembly. It can bring disaster upon the whole. This is why Apostle Paul gave us the warning. We must not tolerate wickedness because wickedness, like leaven, can affect the entire bunch. And so what is Apostle Paul telling us to do? When there is some kind of leaven in our midst, let's read Corinthians 5, 2, 6 to 8, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Your glorifying is not good. Do you not know that a, a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. According to Apostle Paul, what must be done when there is sin found amongst ourselves? Bible says, do not be puffed up. Instead, we need to mourn. You see, whenever there is sin in our life, whenever there's sin in our fellowship, and we take it for granted, or when we even glorify in it, what does that mean? To glorify in the sin. It means to take it for granted and allow it to grow and fester. When we do that, what happens to the whole lump? It destroys and affects the whole lump, just like a little bit of yeast. You know how much yeast it takes to cause the whole lump to rise up? Just a pinch. The same thing with sin. Sin affects even just a little bit of sin can destroy our life and also the life of the group, of the family, of the assembly. This is why Apostle Paul says we have to be careful. Mourn sin. We need to repent and return to Yahuwah Abba. Do not let the leaven of malice and wickedness ruin and destroy our relationship with Abba. So that's one kind of leaven that we need to remove. From our life. What also are different kinds of leaven identified in the Holy Scripture? Let's read the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses, uh, verses 15. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Here the Bible tells us about two other kinds of leaven there's the leaven of the Pharisees and there's the leaven of Herod. And so let's begin with the leaven of Herod, because this might be something that you haven't heard of before. What is the leaven of Herod, and how can we remove that from ourselves? Let's read here the book of Luke 23, 8 to 11. 
Now when Herod saw Yahushua, he was exceedingly glad for he had desired for a long time to see him because he had heard many things about him. And he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him, Yahushua, with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. And so what is the leaven of Herod? Well, who was Herod in the first place? It was the king assigned by Rome to oversee Judea. So he basically acted as the client king of Rome for the Jews. And so he was the one making the major decisions. And so Pilate was in charge of a specific place in Judea, but it was Herod who oversaw all of the Jewish people. He was like, quote, unquote, the king of the Jews. Right, And so he finds out about this person. His name is Yahushua. And Yahushua is being accused of making himself king. And so he questions our king Yahushua. And after he begins to question our king Yahushua, Yahushua does not answer. And then he begins to mock. He begins to ridicule him and treat him with contempt. You see, the leaven of Herod is mocking the king of kings and lord of lords. When we mock the things of Abba, when we mock the things of God, because we don't understand them, that is the leaven of Herod. You know what Herod should have done? He should have consulted with scriptures. He should have studied the prophets. Then he would have figured out the one that he was speaking to was indeed the Mashiach that was prophesied to come. And so the leaven of Herod is to mock the things of God out of ignorance of the commandments and words of Yahuwah Elohim. Well, how about the leaven of the Pharisees? What is that? Let's read the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So what is the leaven of the Pharisees? It is hypocrisy. We know all about the work of the Pharisees. They portray themselves outwardly to be religious, to be of God, but inwardly they are, Bible says, full of bones and decay. And so we need to be behave in a way that we observe integrity. In other words, we do what we say we believe. We don't say one thing and then do something else. This is why when it comes to hypocrisy, our King Yahusha, he really rebuked it, especially when he found it amongst the Pharisees. What is one manifestation of hypocrisy? In the book of Matthew 7, 3 down to 5, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. 
hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What also is considered hypocrisy, 11 of the Pharisee. It's when we condemn others, when we ourselves deserve to be condemned. And sometimes as human beings, we find pleasure in finding fault against other people, right? It's like we find joy when we discover faults among others because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel superior. It makes us feel better than other people. And sometimes the more a person becomes religious, the more condemning they are. Have you noticed that? When people, when people try to become more and more religious, the more they see what is wrong with other people and the more they condemn them. It's a good thing our King Yahushua was not like that. He was perfect. Yet when he confronted sinners, he was filled with compassion and mercy. And this is why he gave the adulteress, the adulterer, another opportunity to repent. Brothers and sisters, when we study the Holy Bible, when we go through the scriptures verse by verse, and we gain knowledge about the will of Abba, hopefully it will not make us condemning individuals. Instead, it should make us even more merciful, even more loving, even more compassionate. Because if not, then we have the leaven of hypocrisy, the leaven of the Pharisees. Brethren, remove hypocrisy. Let us not condemn anyone. Instead, let us show mercy and with patience teach one another about the will of Yahuwah Abba. What also is another kind of leaven? Let's read the book of, Ma book of Matthew 16, 6, 11, and 12. Then Yahushua said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How is it you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What also is another kind of leaven that we need to remove from our life. It is the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We talked about hypocrisy. There's another part of leaven that Yahushua found amongst not just the Pharisees, but also the Sadducees. What is that? It is the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You might be asking yourself, what is that? What is the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Let's read the book of Mark 7, 7 to 9. It is no use for them to worship me because they teach human rules as though they were my laws. You put aside God's command and obey human teachings. And Yahushua continued, you have a clever way of rejecting God's law in order to uphold your own teaching. What is the leaven of the doctrine of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees? These are human rules, man-made teachings that they pass off as the commands of Yahuwah. We need to become aware of so many man-made rules. For example, in the Jewish religion, we have the Torah, right? 
the first five books of Moses. However, the Jewish community, they added so much leaven. They added man-made rules, man-made doctrines that Yahuwah never intended to be included in the Torah. And one of these man-made rules is when they forbid or prohibit the people of God from using the name of Yahuwah. But in so doing, they have rejected the command of Yahuwah. Bible says in his Ten Commandments, we are not to misuse the name of Yahuwah. In other words, we need to honor the name of Yahuwah because in Exodus, it also mentions that it's by the name of Yahuwah that he is to be remembered from generation to generation. And so brothers and sisters, let us become aware man-made rules. There's nothing wrong with having rules. But when you say your man-made rule and man-made teaching is the command of Yahuwah, that's pride. That's leaven. The leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And so far, what we have uncovered, what leaven must we remove from our life? Number one, leaven of malice and wickedness. This is when pride causes us to ignore sin and destroy others because of our wickedness. There's the leaven of Herod, when pride prevents us from understanding and revering the work of Elohim. There's the leaven of hypocrisy. This is when pride causes us to find fault and condemn others. There's the leaven of the doctrine of Pharisees and Sadducees. This is when pride causes us to turn human teaching into godly doctrine. And when you look at these different kinds of leaven identified by our King Yahushua, what do you notice is the root cause behind all of that leaven? You notice something that they have in common? What is it? It is pride. You see, brothers and sisters, when it comes to the work of our sanctification, when it comes to the work of removing sin from our life, we need to first begin by removing leaven. We need to first begin by removing pride. Because with pride, we become the prisoners of sin. But when we remove pride and humble ourselves, we overcome sin. That's the message of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Remove pride in our life so we can remove sin from our life. So we can practice a godly life that is pleasing to Abba. Remove leaven. But after removing leaven, what must we pursue? Let's read the book of Corinthians 5, 7 to 8. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here, Apostle Paul speaks about the Moedim, about the Passover Moedim. Remember, there's three Moedims, right, for the spring feast. What was the first one? Passover, which is what we observed yesterday. What's the next one? Feast of unleavened bread. What also comes after that? We have the feast of first fruits. We know the Moedim was fulfilled by our king, Yahushua, who became the Passover lamb. It is our Lord, Yahushua the Christ. And so when he died on the 14th of Abib, what happened to our sins? It was forgiven. The penalty of sin 
was paid for. And so the condemnation that was meant for us was removed. And afterwards, when we go to the third feast of the spring festivals, what was that again? The resurrection. When we are resurrected, brothers and sisters, what kind of bodies are we going to have? A glorious body. One which does not decay. It does not get old. It is not influenced by sin. And so we have the Passover. We have the Feast of First Fruits. Passover, Yahushua dies. Feast of First Fruits. We get our new glorious bodies. But in between is the tough part, right? Because in between, before we receive the glorious bodies, we have to go through a process. Our King Yahushua, how did he fulfill the Feast of Unleavened Bread Moedi? He was buried for three days and three nights. And so we know about the parable of the seed, right? When, you, when the seed dies and you bury it, what happens after a while? After you nurture that seed that's inside, inside the earth, what happens? Eventually, it sprouts and it produces a glorious plant that represents our resurrection. But before the resurrection can take place, there's a process that takes place underneath the earth, underneath the soil. You know what that is? The seed, the seed is fed by the nutrients of the soil. You see, in the in-between place, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, between the death and the resurrection, there is that place called the process. There's something that must happen in us. What is that? We need to be sanctified. We need to remove the influence of sin in our life. But for us to do that, we need to be nourished. Just like the plant is nourished by the soil and the nutrients of the soil. We need to be nourished. How can we be nourished? So that we can wait gloriously for the day when our bodies will be given a new body. A glorious immortal body. Bible says we now turn to the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In other words, while we wait for that day, when we are given new bodies, we have to depend. We need to feed off, be nourished by the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Do you know who that is? Who do you think is that bread, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? Let's read the book of John, chapter 6, 35 to 36. Yahushua replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. Brethren, before we can receive our perfected, glorious body, kind of body that can never be touched by sin anymore, kind of body that will never cry in despair, kind of body that will never decay, Bible tells us we need to feed from the bread of life. We are in a period of waiting. In this period of waiting, we need to be nourished by the bread of life. Who is the bread of life? Yahushua said, I am the bread of life. And what does he instruct us to do? He says, eat 
from this bread of heaven. This is why the message of the Feast of Unleavened Bread is to be nourished by the bread of life. Instead of feeding ourselves with leaven, abstain from leaven, be filled instead with the bread of unleavened, unsincerity and truth. Yahushua is that bread. Well, how can we feed off of this bread of life? How can we feed off of our King Yahushua? Let's read the book of John 6, 53 to 58. Yahushua said to them, I am telling you the truth. If you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in yourselves. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them to life on the last day. For my flesh is the real food. My blood is the real drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood live in me and I live in them. The living father sent me. And because of him, I live also in the same way. Whoever eats me will live because of me. This then is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the bread that your ancestors ate. They later died. But those who eat this bread will live forever. Brothers and sisters, our King Yahushua says, I am the living bread. Eat from the living bread of heaven. How can we eat from the living bread of heaven? Who is our King Yahushua? Yahushua, our King says, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you will not have life in your selves. In other words, there's no other option. This is a command from our King Yahushua. We need to eat his flesh. We need to drink his blood. Brethren, is our King Yahushua speaking literally here? No. What is he referring to in this passage? Our King Yahushua says, live in me. And I live in you. Do you know what that means? Our King Yahushua is telling us to live in complete dependence upon him. What he wants us is to have an intimate relationship with him. That's what it means to eat the son of man. To eat his flesh, to drink of his blood. The more we eat of our King Yahushua and drink from his blood, the more like him we become. We consume the Son of Man in ourselves so that we can become more and more like him. That's why he says, live in me and I live in them. This is about relationship. And so our King Yahushua is teaching us we need to depend on our king every single day of our life. He should be at the center of our existence. Everything we do, it should be because of him in us and we in him. That's what the relationship is all about. And this is what he wants us to do. And if we do this, the Bible says, we will have everlasting life. And that's the message of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It means to live in complete dependence upon him. But for us to do this, what do we need to do? Let's read the book of Galatians 2 verse 21. I have been crucified with Christ. 
and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. How can we grow to become more and more like our King Yahushua? Which is what we need to do as we eat from the bread of life. Bible says we have to crucify ourselves with Christ. Do you know why we need to crucify ourselves? Because the problem that prevents many people from having Christ living in them is what is called pride. We talked about pride already. Pride is when the center of one's life self. And when there is pride, there is sin. And when there is sin, there is malice and hypocrisy. This is why the Bible says what we need to do is to be crucified with Christ. We need to crucify self so that Christ may live in us. Brothers and sisters, our King Yahushua died on the cross. Now, what he wants to do is to live in us. Are we allowing him to live in us? Because essentially that's the message of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because the more we allow our Christ, Yahushua, to live in us, the more we become like him, the more we're able to remove the influence of sin in our life. Sometimes our pride gets in the way. And so our King Yahushua, our Father Yahuwah, so that we will learn to depend upon Yahuwah, to depend upon Yahushua, to remove pride in our life. Do you know what our Father allows to happen in our life? Allow me to read the final passage of our studies today in the book of 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles. That I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you know who spoke this message? It was Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was called by Yahuwah, called by Yahushua, to become a witness, to proclaim the gospel. And that's what he did. He was given special messages. He was given revelations from our king himself. And so there was a tendency for him to become proud. Isn't it true that when we accomplish something good, sometimes we become proud? And when we become proud, it prevents us from having Christ living in us. Because when we become proud, we no longer crucify self, we promote self. Bible says crucify self, allow Christ to live in you. Apostle Paul, when he was given the privilege of special messages, of special revelation, he could have become proud. Apostle Paul realized that Yahushua did something. 
to prevent him from becoming proud. What was that? He was denied what he was asking for. What was Apostle Paul asking for? Three times he begged the Lord to take away what is called the thorn in his flesh. We don't exactly know what that thorn of the flesh is. But it was bringing great suffering in the life of the Apostle Paul. Brothers and sisters, have you experienced great suffering in your life? That it becomes a thorn in your flesh. It's an idiom that says living in great torment and pain. We know what it's like to live in pain. A thorn in the flesh is to live with constant reminder of that pain and anguish in your life. Apostle Paul suffered this thorn in his flesh three times. He begged the Lord, please take it away. Perhaps we can relate to Apostle Paul because we do not want to live in pain or suffering. We prefer we live in great joy and happiness all of the time. But when Apostle Paul prayed three times to the Lord, remove, please, this thorn in my flesh. Three times, what was the answer of the Lord? He says, my grace is all you need. And then he says, my power works best in weakness. Brothers and sisters, is there a lingering pain in our life? Is there a lingering suffering in our life? Allow that suffering to be the space in your life that Yahusha can fill. That's the message of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover, Yahusha died. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Yahusha is telling us, I'm going to fill that space in your life that you keep open for me. When we go through suffering and weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles, allow that to open a space in our life that Yahusha can fill. When we do this, like the Apostle Paul, we too will be able to say, when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because Yahusha's power works best in weakness. Do not surrender to your weakness. Instead, surrender your weakness to your Lord because he wants to fill it up because he is the bread of life. Let us not live our life with leaven. Fill our life with the bread of sincerity and truth. Fill our life with the living bread of our King, Yahusha HaMashiach. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Father Almighty, you are so kind and good to all of us. You have provided for every possible thing we will ever need. It is true you gave up your son. And you are more willing to give us whatever else we need. That the work of salvation can be completed. Yahuwah, thank you. For you listen to our prayers. You are patient with us. We know sin destroys us. It destroys our loved ones. We have seen this with our own eyes. We have seen what pride can do. Father, help us to be aware of our pride, to be aware of our leaven, to be aware of our sins and malice, 
to remove it from our hearts. Help us to practice compassion. It is joyful to learn more about you, to learn about your words. Prevent us, Abba, that as we draw closer to you, as we practice our religion, that we will end up becoming proud and condemning. Instead, teach us to humble ourselves, to bow low before you, to realize no matter how good we try to become, we are so far from perfect. It's only by your grace that we can even stand before your presence. Amen. Who among us can boast of good works? None of us will pass. We all will fail. It's because you are Yahuwah. It's because of your unfailing love, your compassion, that we are here today. Help us, Father, to be patient with our fellow men, to love them at all costs. Help us to do our best to spread this message that we can be your instruments of light and righteousness. Our King Yahushua, teach us to become like you. You are the bread of life. We want to be nourished by you. Enter into our life. We have surrendered ourselves completely to you. May you please be with us now. We are truly thankful because even after you ascended to heaven, you kept watchful of your servants, those who belong to you. You want to guide us. You want to direct our steps. You want to be involved in our life. This celebration of the unleavened bread, help us to be aware of our leaven. Help us to crucify self. May you dwell more and more in our life. And when we encounter weaknesses, when we feel like giving up, when sorrow and pain become overwhelming, we will go to you. We will surrender to you. When we are weak, O King, may you make us strong because you are going to be with us. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers. Bless your people throughout this piece of unleavened bread to reflect upon our life and to act with humility, with kindness and love always that we can be pleasing to you. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.